Welcome to my beauty life. This week I'm joined by some beauty pedigree. We have got Terry de Gunsberg, founder of By Terry Cosmetics, and Phil Unique's very own CEO, Joelle Pelleeks. Thank you so much for joining me today. First things first, how did you both meet? Oh, can we really have to talk about that? You yes, really have to talk about course, it. Yes, of course, sure. Shall we say the real story? Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a fairy tale. For me, it was a fairy tale. What it's was a the fairy tale? It's a beautiful it's story. It's a beautiful story. That's here, I'm dying to know. So let's do it, Joel. Yes, it started before you were born. Okay. A very long time ago. 32 years ago. So what's that? What year is that? I can't even work that out. In 85. 85, right. Believe okay. it or not, we joined Yves Saint Laurent the same year, Terry and I. Right. And was it friendship at first sight? Oh yes, definitely. You know why? Because Joel, at his position, it was a head of a big department, international uh, yeah, exports. Uh, export, which was a very, very... Uh, uh, important uh, part of the business at Yves Saint Laurent because Yves Saint Laurent was very strong at the e export he, and he was the, the, the head of all of that and he was the only one who really believed in all my creation even where, when they were completely unsellable. So the more they were crazy the more he liked them and support them and make them a success. So you were in charge, Terry, of creating products? Oh yeah, I was the head of uh, artistry and uh, creating uh, products and uh, makeup artists working for the couture with Monsieur Saint Laurent and uh, completely the opposite uh, field of, uh, of uh, invest investigation and responsibility at Yves Saint Laurent. But remember at the time Yves Saint Laurent was called Yves Saint Laurent Parfum. Right. So actually it was very much a fragrance house and it hadn't achieved the status that it has today of being a major makeup powerhouse and they renamed the company later on just to reflect the fact that Yves Saint Laurent was now a beauté company. At the time it was fragrance, fragrance, fragrance and I loved makeup and I thought Terry was going to turn this company into a real beauty company. And so she did. Hopefully, yes, you know, with uh, all my... You know, I worked very linkly with Monsieur Saint Laurent himself for each right. collection, doing the, a new face for each season, creating the... <coughs> sorry, creating the seasonal colors and uh, the looks and the face and choosing the models and doing all this artistry part of the business. And uh, it was a great, yeah, it was true that the color exists, but it had to be more like every day. And what I, <coughs> what was my, like my Nobel Prize was the Touche Eclat. Yes, I wanted to ask you both about that. So you were both involved in that, one of beauty's biggest success Definitely. stories. So how did that come about? Nothing like it really existed before. I created the products nobody believed in these products at Yves Saint Laurent fragrance. And the only one who believed in this fragrance, its true genius was uh, Joël. Well, you know, at the time I was the uh, managing director of um, Yves Saint Laurent in France. Right. It was the number one market for Yves Saint Laurent by far. And uh, I knew that uh, if we were to make it successful in France, then 
every other market would uh, follow through. So we kind of teamed up with, uh, with Terry against uh, a lot of other people that didn't believe and we said, we're going to show them that yes, we can make it. <laughs> and, um, and we developed a kind of a little strategy around with how no to launch budget. it with little what, budget. What was the strategy? Uh, but kind of creating a bit of buzz before everyone was using the word buzz. Um, no press release. Yes. So, no. so what was your strategy to get it out into the strategy? Well, fortunately, because few people believed in it, uh, they had not planned enough quantities. So, uh, in fact, it was almost a strategy of creating scarceness. Uh, the product immediately ran out of stock. Really? And After one week yes. wow. in the stores? And that created a myth around the product. Also, Terry had an incredible relationship with the journalists. And in France at the time, there were about 10 journalists. In French, we say, faire la pluie ou le beau temps. That means they decide on the destiny of a product. The journalists. And they wanted to support Terry, they wanted to support Yves Saint Laurent. And, and they loved the product. And they loved the product. And then um, the product was chosen by Marie Claire, the famous uh, magazine that every year did a Prix d'Excellence, which was a selection of the best beauty products. Yeah. And then suddenly Touche Club was selected as the best makeup product of the year, but we still didn't have enough stock. So it created even more desire by the woman to have it. And then it was an escalation and we completely skyrocketed the sales. And also it's because it was a real response to a need that women didn't even expect they had. You know, it was like something would never exist in, the, in any category, makeup category, and it was change, it was a life changer. It is, I mean, so, it's in my makeup bag. Yeah, it's also a very you, modern... You have to buy mine now. Yeah, <laughs> of course. It's very modern packaging. There is a gesture around how to use it. Yeah. You could pull it out of your bag, uh, do and a quick do fix, almost in front of everyone because you wouldn't be ashamed of doing so. True. And so it was a very contemporary way of using makeup, not in a hidden way in your bathroom, but in an open way, whenever you need it at any time of the day. And it, which, so which year did you create it then? 92, 1992, yes. It feels so modern, doesn't it? It is, because it was the duplication of gesture I used to do to refresh uh, every model phase after hours of uh, modeling, you know, during the fashion show. During what the were you shooting. using before? I used to play with three different textures, a lotion, foundation, and a cream, and apply it with a flat brush. And when I was in charge of um, uh, product development at Yves Saint Laurent, I asked the lab to create a formula that able to link the three I see, completely different and incompatible uh, textures. Right. And that was my strength at that moment and still today. It's to push the boundaries of research and development to recreate something that is obvious but obvious in three different uh, uh, textures and to make it in one and to simplify every woman's life. You know, I'm not creating things for makeup artists, even if all makeup artists have that products in their, in their pouch and in their set, 
but it's really for everyday women like you, like me, women that have exactly three minutes to do the makeup and they have to find the right texture, the right color, even if many other have like uh, hours to do like 10 foundation that we can see today uh, on the social medias, but you know, the average everyday woman, need, they have no time. So at that time, it was very, very, very precursor. It was what, more than 30 years ago? Yeah, 26 years 26 ago, the year I was born. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and Joelle, when Terry showed you at first, did you know straight away that it was going to be successful? Yes, you know, I'm an intuitive guy. And uh, when I see something that uh, I know will work, I uh, motivate everyone and I say, we're going to make it a winner. And uh, I like to, uh, you know, have commercial success. I like innovation. Uh, and, he, and you like creators. Yes. This is very important. Yes. Joël told me it's very bizarre, but do you believe in it? I said, truly, deeply, 100%. And he said, okay, I'll do whatever I can. It will be a success. Also, I'm fond of design. And then later on uh, in our mutual story, we have done a lot of things around contemporary art and design, and we visit galleries and things like that. But when I saw the object, I thought, oh, that's also a very nice object. It's it design, is, yeah. yes. it's gold, it has a sound when you use it. I like the product. By the way, it, it is selected by the MoMA in New York in the exhibition on design and fashion. Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Many followers send me pictures, show me that they mention my name as the creator of Touche Cla and they, it's in the, so it's great to have your products in the museum. I mean, what a product for you both to be involved in, it's so exciting. Um, so can you just give me a quick, quick synopsis of what you're both doing before Yves Saint Laurent? How did you get into beauty? Did you always want to be in beauty? Should we start with I started too? as being a medical student, so I was very far from the beauty industry but I squipped from the university for four weeks, summer course, you know, four, four weeks of uh, makeup lessons. Right. And by chance, uh, Maria Carita sent me uh, to do a makeup uh, session for Vogue during summer. And to make a very long story short, I never came back, I never go back to university. And I became a makeup artist. So you swapped medicine for makeup, yes. such a change. And how about you, Joel? Well, you know, I wanted to do a career in uh, export and international. And when you're a Frenchman, um, obviously beauty is one of the product categories where there is excellence in, uh, in France yeah. and working for such a big name as Yves Saint Laurent. So I started my career at Yves Saint Laurent. Oh, that's you first actually. started. Oh, this, you yes. know, I'm learning something. Yes. I didn't <laughs> yes. know that. Yes, yes, it was my real big job. And, uh, and I stayed there for, uh, for 11 years and then moved on to uh, other, uh, other companies. And I, uh, now I, for you, Nick. Yes, and uh, I went to work for Clarence for uh, 10 years. I was you a worldwide... Huge, you make huge success as, yes, at Clarence. Yes, yes. Amazing world, uh, success. Worldwide resident for, uh, for the fragrance business of Clarence with big brands like Thierry Mugler and Azaro. And when I was in my early 50s, I thought, okay, now I want to do something more entrepreneurial. And uh, that's when I joined Fairly Unique as CEO. This is my story. So we really are joined by two beauty greats. Have you crossed over in your professional life since you've set up? 
When I left Saint Laurent, um, I asked uh, Terry some advice and we even had a creative session on whether one day she could do uh, her own brand and I was so happy that yes. it happened. I remember going Definitely. to your house yeah, to discuss Yeah, you went this. and you helped me a lot. Yes. Really? Yes. He told me, you know what, you can't start without doing a business plan and I told him, but I don't want to do any business plan and I'll do it for you and he helped me on that. We had plenty of like, uh, 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 let's say, creative uh, session, business session. He gave me so many advice. Each time I had a question to ask, so I has been your that. mentor. Yeah. But when I uh, arrived in London four years ago to manage Feel Unique, one of the first person I <laughs> called was Terry because she was also living here. And she, uh, she, we had a very nice uh, gin. <laughs> but you see, it's, it's <laughs> in a famous uh, uh, old bar here in, uh, in London. It, we, it's it, it's uh, it's uh, true and deep friendship. You know, it's this kind of uh, friendship that when you see the person, even ten years after, you relaunch the conversation as if it was yesterday or an hour ago and it's and, great and i think this business about beauty is still despite whatever is said it's still a people's uh, business relationships count a lot and i can tell you that for the development of feel unique i've used a lot of my connections and relationships just to to get feel unique yeah, uh, on course. the map of uh, strong uh, players in the market so have you seen the beauty industry change a lot in the last few years, especially with the rise of social media <laughs> In my point, point of view, tremendously. I don't know in yours, but certainly yes. Tremendously in every aspect. Creative, creative aspect, development, channel, uh, the porte-parole, how do you say porte-parole, the influencer replacing the uh, magazine yeah. and celebrities everything advertising everything change and i have to say maybe it's a it's for a good thing it's like put all the mind and the brain in a shaker and uh, but it's still all about true creativity do you find Even it if a lot a lot of products are me too products if i can say at the end when you are true creator and you are when you are an innovator, you find your space. How do you come up with your ideas when the market is so saturated? How do you kind of try and find a niche? I always believe in innovation. I always believe in truth. And when we come with something deeply uh, 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 innovative and truly give an answer to someone and amuse also because at the end it's not a medical surgery tool that we're doing it has to be a pleasure of course to be used. i think you you find your market you find your market you find your place but i'm I, sure you I, have I, a lot to say about this i couldn't agree more uh being creative being authentic and being bold uh usually pays off so for example uh, when I was at uh, Thierry Mugler and we launched a fragrance that uh, we did with Mr. Mugler called Alien. Yeah. I mean, to launch a fragrance <laughs> called Alien, Alien, that's daring. You don't know if it's going to work, but because it's so different, it has a better chance actually of staying in the market. 
And after Angel, which was already a big success, we did a second big success with Alien. And that's the type of uh, thing that you can be proud of because it's a product that will stay, just like Touche Claire. It's huge. Which is your, so what product is your proudest that you've worked on, Joel? Well, obviously I'm very proud of the success of Alien because I was very much behind it. Now, you know, I have some products that I use that have nothing to do with me, that uh, um, are some of my favorites, for example, in terms of fragrance. There is an old fragrance that I very much like the design called Grey Flannel. It's, uh, mm. It could be a fragrance for old guys, yeah, it sounds but very I, boring. I think it's a very clean and neat and fragrance. It's a fantastic formula. Yes. It's a great fragrance, all the yes. imaginaire around. Very hard to find nowadays, but yes. it's a nice one. I really believe that Joel should have his own line, and because he has so, such a good taste and he knows so well. He, you know, he's one of the only personages in this industry who knows products and believe in products and love products. Do you think that's just something it's not you like, have? It's not only SKUs. Well, you know, um, in my current I'll position, in my current <laughs> position, I'm not creating products, but we are selecting products for sure because uh, we need to decide what is. Um, uh, to be listed on uh, on Fear Unique, and uh, and I keep discovering great products. The other day, um, I uh, I was looking for a good product because I'm getting my hair a bit longer, <laughs> <laughs> and I need now a kind of a texture that is not a cream, not um, a paste, you know, but something that will still keep the hair flowing. And I found this product by Sasa Schwan, which is a yeah. fiber paste, which is right in between, and it's really doing well for me. And it looks great. <laughs> it does, <laughs> you can attest to that. So, I mean, would you ever start your own line, Joel? Oh, who knows? You never say never. This Ooh, is, watch uh, this space. This is uh, what, what, what I should I'll say. I'll push his creative <laughs> boundaries, believe me. You'll be stopped on Phil Unique You know, in my life I've done a lot of things. I, uh, I even had an art gallery for many years. No way. So and I like, to work, I like to work with artists and I probably learn through my gallery how to manage very creative people like Terry. <laughs> Have you I ever had any um, difficult? Have no. you ever had any professional disagreements over products or anything? Never. It's truly, That's truly impressive. never. No. You know, it's like like here when I'm doing something exclusive for Feel Unique. It is this powder, uh, lip powder essence, and it's really absolutely a revolution. Yeah, it, it is really innovative. So I show that to. Joel, and he looked at that and he said, what is this? Let's do it. Let's just explain that okay, for the people sorry. listening. So, so Terry's made a lip powder. It's, it's important. It's important to have someone who understand creative people, who understand artists, but it's not enough just to understand. It's important to, if I can say, to love them, to support this, uh, uh, this huge anxiety that somehow and sometimes you have when you are getting in the creative process. Someone has to, because 95% of the uh, operative people are asking you, how are we going to sell it? Yeah. Joel is one of the very rare who say, 
I will find a way to make it where there's acceptable. Will, there's a way. It's make a huge difference. It's make a huge difference. Yes, creating trust, creating confidence, and then being creative also on how to launch it. Because half of the creation is a product, but the other half is as important as how we're going to package it, how we're going to do the storytelling, how we're going to distribute it. All of this counts as much. I think and, it counts even more. Yeah, and that's where I have a lot of experience. I've been through many launches in my life, and I can help the creator to get this to the final consumer in an exciting way. Have you ever watched a launch that has failed? We have been through a product that failed, but we were not responsible, <laughs> Terry and I. <laughs> you know which one I'm referring to? Champagne. Oh, but this Whispering was about. a fragrance at Saint Laurent. Yeah, it was a fragrance. It we was, were not responsible at yes. all. It, it was, was a funny story. Um, Please tell. A fragrance was launched by Saint Laurent, which was called Champagne. Champagne. And we both knew that this was too big of a risk because obviously the name Champagne is kind of protected. Um, yeah. But anyway, there was a team that decided to launch this. and We, we can say that it was Pierre Berger that believed in his strength, be, be, uh, you know, yes. on top of everyone yes. and uh, trademark. Yeah, it can be very provocative sometimes. <laughs> um, and long live um, Mr. Berger because... Uh, He's yeah. no longer with us, but we owe him, we owe him a lot. Anyway, um, we went through this launch. It was an incredible success, but very short-lived because obviously the product couldn't stay under the name of Champagne. For a while, it was uh, rebaptized Ivresse, uh, and then it was uh, Too taken late. off the shelf. Yeah, but you know, you never know when it will be when it's getting especially a fragrance, especially and, fragrance, uh, even even uh, makeup. When it's a real innovation, you t you're always taking a huge risk. It's very easy to take for the market the top 10 nude uh, uh, stay-on liquid lipstick and duplicate it and just put your, your uh, name, on it. name on it. And it's easy to do. And most of the market is, as you said, it's saturated. I know I'm not politically correct saying that, but that makes a huge difference with my company because we're not doing that. When we're launching like a liquid matte, it's a different one. The one that we launch for Feel Unique and we need. You know, it's the same story as uh, Touche Clan. I have to say that many others did not even give an eye on that products. So it's it's uh, it's really frustrating but it gives you a lot of energy to go deeper in your and, and i love this product because it's so visual yeah and the application itself is 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 an experience the lip powder yes okay so let's explain what the lip, <laughs> what the lip powder actually is terry do you want to explain to the listeners what the lip powder actually is so the lip powder let's say it's an essence of pigment. You know, when you are creating a rouge, a lipstick, a gloss, it's always like, let's say, a white base, could be an oil, could be a cream, could be, and then you're adding pigments. One day I received, maybe four, four years ago, from a supplier, for a raw material supplier, I received that ingredient and it was amazing. It was like a tinted 
microsphere like a powder right. in a very basic color uh, and when I applied it on my hand it turned to a water like a coverage water and said it's amazing but I don't like the finish I don't like the color can you do that in bold red or nude or different tones uh, and colors and said no it's impossible and I said at that time, things started. When they, when the suppliers say it's, and the lab say it's impossible. That no. is <laughs> the exciting moment. The exciting moment. <laughs> okay, so let's try it. And we worked with the Korean uh, uh, research and development. It's a, it's a collab between the Korean research and development and Bayteria research and development to create this amazing powder you see it's like a loose powder in a tiny tube yeah and when you take it when you take from the tube with this tiny sponge refined as a feather you apply it on your lips and it become an ink and it stays you can't feel any texture it's uh, no transfer lightweight you know on the lips uh, smart free very comfortable it has nothing to do with the liquid lipstick that turned to matte yes this is completely it's completely, new, the, completely, it's completely the opposite yeah. a powder turned to ink and you can tell me okay so what make the big difference the difference is is as you're wearing a petal of flower on your lips it's super comfortable the ink it's like an active water, so the water, the tiny microbulbs, it's, it's like recharge your lips with hydrating elements. So it's something absolutely unique. It's like you have a tattoo, uh, a fabric tattoo on your lips, a velvet tattoo. It is really cool and it comes in four colors. Four yep. colors. Available from, uh, unique. Plug from flirty nude to red carpet red. Lovely. And you can mix them together and it stays forever. I bet next year we're going to see copies of it all over. All for sure. Brands. But it's so difficult to do. And it's, the, it, it's also the formula, it's super fragile. Someone had to take the risk. So I'm very happy to be the very first one. And we are very happy to have it <laughs> exclusive for three months on Phil Unique. <laughs> exactly. So that took four years. Is that kind of an average of how long something takes from... For, for conception to a real the innovation, it can take even more. A, but at least it never lasts than three years. In my in my company, it never lasts than three years for to come with something substantially innovative. So how long has Bioterry been going for as a company? Twenty years. I can't believe that. Can you imagine? You need you to remember? celebrate. We need to yeah, celebrate. Yeah, you need to celebrate. <laughs> we'll celebrate. We'll feel unique. We'll do like a twenty year. Uh, all the collaboration. Yeah, Joel can throw you a party. <laughs> um, but you see, it's, it's not, uh, it's 20 years when I started, you were there helping me, and 20 years, and you're here again. That's great. great. How funny. And so, why did you just decide to start your own company? When Yves Saint Laurent retired, retired from fashion uh, industry, from creation, I didn't feel comfortable to stay under this 
Banier, under, under, under that name, working. I started working, you know, when he was here, the Prêt-à-Porter was uh, uh, directed by Albert Elbaz, and it was fun, but it wasn't the same. It's difficult. It's like you're living a lo beloved husband who is getting old <laughs> to a younger one that... <laughs> yes, you appreciate, but you're not desperately in love. So, Plus, it was a big company behind it. It so. was a big company, and it was very, very difficult for me to switch from uh, Yves Saint Laurent to from Monsieur Saint Laurent, who, with whom I had a very personal link. The same with Pierre Berger, who had his home in Saint-Rémy-de-Provence. We used to see each other during summer. It was like a family. I wasn't in the premier cercle, first circle of Yves Saint Laurent, but I, we were quite close as we had many friends in common, like Jacques Grange. And other. It's like my family, Jacques Grange. It is a inter very famous interior designer who uh, made all uh, Yves Saint Laurent houses. So, it was difficult for me to continue as a creative director just for a brand and not from, for a man. So I decided to do my own thing. I thought it would be a very small boutique in Paris doing only bespoke and ultra-luxurious products. And 20 years with <laughs> the worldwide company. <laughs> and you're talking to the millennials and doing products for the millennials. You know why? Because I'm a grandmother. I have grandchildren. I'm surrounded by millennials. My children, uh, my boys' uh, uh, um, uh, girlfriends. And, uh, and uh, it's a great way to relaunch the dice. You know, it's absolutely lovely. And we keep young, as you <laughs> can <Of> see. <laughs> I'm not going on the dance floor with the millennials, but I'm, I know how to make them the best product, make for them the best product too. Is that who you're creating for now, and is that who you're thinking of when you're doing launches, Joel, of millennials? Is that your main target audience these days? Maybe for Phil Unique. Yeah, yes, Phil Unique has a, now a success, you know, with many demographics, but clearly the millennials are very at ease with shopping online. They love storytelling that they can see uh, on their mobile phones. They love the tutorials. Uh, and for them, testing a new product and buying it online, it's very easy for them. And you know, my, I have two granddaughters, eight and five. My Victoria, she's five years old. She doesn't know how to read, and, but she knows how to speak to an iPhone and say, makeup, and the whole day long, when she's allowed to, uh, watch on, on, on the iPhone during the weekend, she's watching a uh, makeup tutorial and she knows exactly and she loves it. So it's really... It's crazy to it's think when you first met at YSL, phones didn't even really exist, let alone be able to take a picture of one. But it's great, you know, because I really believe that creativity, inspiration can be for mature women because I don't want to lose my capacity to create for more mature women. And mature women is 35. You know, 35, they're not millennial anymore. My daughter, she would kill me. She's a CEO of Marion Assuède. She's a CEO of Baiteri. And she pushed me to recreate all my 
influence on, on in makeup, in quality, luxu luxury, and all of that. And she said, you have to do it the same quality, but more accessible. And thanks to her, I created all these expert runs. Yeah. So more accessible, but always on quality. When you go to Hermès, when you, it's the quality. Even if you are dying to get a scarf or something, it's all about creativity and quality. And you know, the millennials, they are extremely informed. Yeah, they're savvy, very, savvy very savvy. They know what they want. They, they, they want transparency on who is behind the brand. What are the formulas? Uh, so it's a very demanding customer. And uh, it's very exciting to be creating products for this very informed clientele. Yeah, it's an exciting time all around. It's definitely an exciting time because you really have to go deeper to your, your, your strength to make it, uh, to, to find your, your way to make it different. Because you're right, it's very saturated. I, as you can see, I'm not uh, like a young influencer. I won't be in the social media doing my makeup, and, but I have something different to say and to, to express and to bring. Yeah, you've both been in the industry. You've both been in the industry for a long time, but you still seem so excited about beauty and what's happening and innovation. What do you think is going to be next in the in the beauty world? Oh, it's going to keep changing because uh, we have seen uh, how fast uh, there are some trends around uh, beauty. Everyone is talking about beauty tech. Yeah. Um, is it around device? Is it personalization? Is it data and how we can do maybe? Uh, some connection between data and the products that you use. I'm totally open mind, uh, very curious. I stay curious, obviously, because that's uh, what I uh, should be as CEO of Feel Unique. We love innovation, we love new brands, new products, uh, and we are always watching the space. Uh, but for sure, there is an acceleration, incredible acceleration. New brands, everyone is talking about indie brands, but the established brands are fighting back because everyone wants to keep their share. Um, technology, a lot is happening, and I think we'll see more. I'm just so curious to know what this will happen in the next 10 years, and uh, I want to be part of it. I'm sure oh, you, you will. will be. <laughs> sure. But you know, at the end of the story, it's you just want to look better. You just want to look beautiful. Technology, devices, everything. It has its experience. It's going to be like the retail experience. But at the end, you want to get the best foundation for your skin. You want to get the best color for your lips. You want to get the best mascara to make your lashes look amazing with a, 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 an effortless gesture. And that is, you know, at, at least that it will be women on earth, it will be this desirability, I don't know how to say it in English, to feel beautiful and to be beautiful. And at, at the end, cosmetic, it's for that. It's not like to be behind a screen and real life, it's not under filter. So yes. my role is to bring all those new products without filter to fill, For to make you feel woman. as the most yeah. extraordinary. 
And it's also, we know, a great category for gifting. Of course. Because yeah. obviously beauty is to be shared. It's also a category for small indulgence. Mm -hmm. You have had a bad day and you're so happy to get that makeup product that will give you a smile to your face. And it will always remain. I'm sure this is oh, uh, so important in this category. And also makeup for, for men, for all this new category of uh, user, of color, of makeup. And it's, it's, it's a lot to come. And I really believe in personalization, not only in, uh, in, uh, uh, in a box, but also to do it yourself. And we're working on something very, very, very innovative. Oh, <laughs> more Bebe, to come. Bebe huh? is smiling. <laughs> uh, can you reveal anything? No. Nothing. Next, next podcast. <laughs> oh, watch this face. <laughs> it's going to be amazing because it's going to be, you will be your own creator. Ooh. You will be your own. It's like having your own brand done by you and for you and exactly as you want to have it. Well, I'm intrigued now. Yeah, you can be intrigued. Thank you so much, both of you. It's been so interesting to hear about your working life together and to see how excited you both still are about working in beauty. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.